Okay. So just by way of a little introduction tonight. I, I could try to describe the way I feel right now, and it's impossible. Why? Because the opportunity to share a piece of my life with all of you, and such a meaningful piece of my life, firstly, that meaningful piece of my life is the person sitting on my left right now. So Rebirmi and I have been learning together, Glia and her, for many years now. And one of the one of the paramount pieces of my life that has had such an effect on me is the journey we started taking together a number of years ago in the world of Bitachon. So there's a special sefer that we've been learning together for many years, amongst many svarim that we learned. And that sefer is called Chovos Salvavos Shar Bitachon. We've been learning that for many years. And that journey is a journey that I... I, I, I'm going to be on till, till the Mirat Hashem, the last breath that I take in my life. And the person that's been holding my hand through that journey is the person sitting to my left, Jeremy Ginsberg, who I've discussed to know for many, 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 many years. And he has been such a powerful source of hashpa in my life in so many, so many ways. And one of those ways is the Chabur that we have the schus, that I have the schus to share with all of you tonight. And it makes so much sense that we're doing this tonight. Why? Because this is the first event of many, many events. Mirza Hashem, Be'ezer Hashem, Mizbarach. Before Mashiach comes, after Mashiach comes, Mirza Hashem, that will take place in this room. This room, this is the inaugural event. And this is your room, ladies. This room here is going to become, as of tomorrow, it will be known as the Birch Lodge Staff Lounge. And what Staff Lounge means... And what the Birch Lodge Staff Lounge means is that this is your place. And last Shabbos, last Shabbos we had this list to hear from several people who spoke about what this place is known for. This room has been known for tefillah. This room has been known for crying. This, no, this room has been known for um, learning. This, 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 this room has been known for, for davening. There's such kedusha in these walls. The way Maish Krupka talked about it, he, he was crying when he, as he was saying it because he was sad because he did not know what this room is becoming. When I told him afterwards, he had those tears of pain that he thought that these walls, which are soaked with tefillos and, and memories, he, I, I told him that those tefillos are going to continue in this room, the tehillim is going to continue in the room, the davening is continuing in the room, and mostly, most importantly, the connections that all of you are going to make in this room and continue to make and to grow together and to learn together and to to connect together here in this room, this is the beginning. And what a perfect, perfect and beautiful way to do that with what I call, with what Rav Yirmi created. This is his creation. It's called the Nigan Chabura. It's a one of a kind in the world. 
And the way it works is as follows. Everybody has a piece of paper in front of you. You can take notes on there if you choose to. You don't have to. Um, we're going to play a song. And uniquely this time, I was told that you're going to play a second song in the middle. And then we're going to... Then Rabbi Yirmi is going to give over a chabura that's relevant to the song, that's going to tie in the Zman and what's going on in the world, and particularly the world of Sternberg and our world. And then we're going to play the song again. And then everybody has the opportunity to do whatever they want. What we do in the Chabura is we all write a tefillah to Hashem. And I have some of my tefillahs here that I shared with Chabura, some, some bakashos and some yearnings that I have. And, and so many of those yearnings have come true because when a person sets forth a real pure, pure, pure tefillah, and a tefillah that comes from a pure, 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 pure place, which all of you have contained within you, uh, Hashem could do anything. And this is your opportunity, girls. And uh, I'm so excited to share this moment with you. So without any further ado, Reb Yirmi. It's a big schus. It really is a... <laughs> I just drove about five minutes ago, so I'm still settling in <clears throat> my mind, my heart. To be next to my good friend. You know him as me. That friend. Okay, send him in, send him in. That friend. So yes, as, uh, as Mr. Perkal said, we have a special, a special Chabura where we, where we try to use music. We try to use music in a special way. Most, most of the day, we're listening to music all day long. We're just listening to songs. But imagine for a second that you were, you were eating, you ate breakfast, lunch, dinner, but you had no idea what you were eating. You just were eating. It was on the plate. You didn't even pay attention. That'd be a crazy thing. Who does that? You know what you're reading. You pay attention. You know what it tastes like. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. But there's something that we do all the time that goes inside of us that we may not know what it is that's actually going inside of us. And that's music. All day long, people are listening to music, all types of music. There's sounds, there's instruments, there's words, there's themes. Some things are very clear, some things are not very clear. And we don't know what it is all the time. And I think it's important, especially when it comes to, to Jewish music, where the musical artists are usually from Jews. They're keeping tar and mitzvahs, and they're singing about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, they're singing about love, they're singing about relevant concepts for our lives. They're, they're not our rebbeim, but they're saying important things, and if we would pay attention to what they're saying, then we'd be able to learn a lot. And as anyway, we're listening to the music. So we found that when we listen, it opens us up in a way that we're not usually open to. And then when the heart is open, then things can get dropped in, things that usually we don't pay attention to, things that we don't want, necessarily want to hear. But once you're open, once you're in a good, you're in a good makom, you're with good friends some good music, the heart is open. And just like the Levim, just like the Levim would sing by the base of Megdash, they would sing when people were bringing karbanas, when a person was bringing a carbon chatas after they sinned and they were sad, or a person was bringing a carbon toda after he's thanking a Kaddish Baruch for something, the Levim would sing a certain song. Not every song would be the same. It would be a certain song to arouse the emotions of the time. If a person was supposed to be sad by the carbon chatas, they did something wrong, 
Slovim would sing a, a slower, deeper song to get out that emotion. So we're going to try tonight, as we always do, it's with Siata Dishmaya. We're going to try to take a song. And usually, by the Chabura back in Woodmere, we usually use something a little bit slower, a little bit more meditative maybe. But tonight I thought we have the opportunity, the group of amazing girls from what I've heard, to use something that I wouldn't necessarily use um, with men uh, for their Chabura. We're going to listen to a song from Yoni Z. The song is called Ahava. Maybe you've heard of it before. So we're going to listen to the song once. I'm sorry, usually we have the words. Try to pay attention. I'll try to say some of them out. We're going to listen to the song once. Listen to it like you regularly listen to it. Then I'm going to try with Siyad HaDashmai. We're going to say some Divrei Torah. And I'm not going to, as I told Mr. Perkal, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to say what I would tell the men. Like a real, real words of Torah. Not something that's simple. So I want everybody, if they can, to listen. Then in the middle, what I don't usually do, but we're going to listen to a niggin to help us continue the journey. Then I'll finish off. And then we're going to listen to the song again. Hopefully, hopefully, in a different way than we heard it before. So without further ado, listen to Yoni Z. That's Shmuel, we're getting there. We like him also. Oh, gotta get him. A little different than usual.
imagine what the world could be. Everybody's heard this song, I'm assuming? It's an old song. Everybody heard this song already? Yes. We've all heard this song. You've probably danced to this song. Yesh milashem achedet at kulam. There's one word that brings everything together. That gives strength to everything. I'm just translating. And b'schus this, everything has a key. Everything is fulfilled. What word is that? Ahava. Which means love. Hinei matov ma'noim. How pleasant it is, how good it is. When friends sit together. Shevasachim gam yachad. Ahava from the Neshama, Ahava brings the Geula. Then he sings in English, you should see the godly light shining inside of you. And everybody should sing together, Shir B'yachad. So we're about a little bit more than a week past Tisha B'av. I'm sure the programming here was incredible. Sad. And just yesterday, I don't know if you know, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, there was a, there was a special day, it was called Tubav. Maybe you know about this day, did you deal with Tubav? Tubav, the Gemara tells us something very interesting about Tubav. Tubav is one of the two happiest days of the year. So the Gemara says, Yom Kippur and Tubav. Tubav first. What happened on Tubav? What's this great simcha, this... This Chag that most people have maybe never even heard of. What was so great about this? So the Gemara says a few reasons, but the main reason, Gemara tells us, and you might know, is that the Benos Yushalayim, the girls, the girls of Yushalayim would go out in all white garments, clothing, white. It wasn't even theirs. They borrowed each other's clothing. So they're wearing white garments that's not even theirs. And they would, in order wise, the, the Gemara says, not to embarrass each other. Some girls didn't have. Some girls didn't even have clothing, white garments. So they borrowed from each other, so everybody would be the same in a way. And they would dance. They would dance around in circles. This is, this is what the Gemara says. Fascinating. Hard to understand at first glance what, what's, the, what's the great simcha of this day. And the other question that we have to understand is that this day, Tubav, is, comes within seven days of Tisha B'av. Tisha B'av is the saddest day of the year. And within seven days, we haven't even gotten out of the week, we already have the happiest day of the year. Seemingly, this happy day is some kind of rectification, some kind of remedy, some kind of rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash. That we can go from sadness to happiness so quickly. How does this day, how does girls dancing in white garments, how does that help the Beis HaMikdash? So we probably know that the second Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. The gullus that we're in right now is because of one sin, Chazal tell us. One sin was the cause of the destruction of all of the exile we've been in for hundreds and even longer of years. What's that sin? What? Sinaschinam Lashinhara. Sinaschinam Lashinhara. A baseless hatred in Lashinhara. Why did Tishabov happen in the beginning? Why was there a Tishabov? Why was that day chosen? 
So if you remember from Chumash, Parsha Shlach, this was the day that the Meraglim came back after touring Eretz Yisrael for 40 days. They came back with a report, we can't go in, it's not possible, they're going to overpower us, they're going to kill us, we can't do it. Everybody's hopes, yearnings, expectations of Eretz Yisrael, the land that was promised to the forefathers, everybody's waiting for that day, and the Meraglim, the, the most trusted, the highest officers in the Jewish army come back and say, we can't do it. And everybody says the Pasuk, they all started to cry. Crying. What's going to be? We're scared. We're going to die. We're scared. We don't want to go in. And so Chazal tell us, what do they tell us? That you cried a Bechiyah You cried a wasted tear because really you can go into Eretzel. Really you could do it. But you cried a wasted tear and then I'm, I'm going to make you cry, says the Kaddish Baruch. And that became Tishabov. And Tishabov was the day that the first base of Megdish was destroyed and the second base of Megdish was destroyed all because of what the Meraglam said. And you know what Chazal say by the wording of the Meraglam? That it was like a type of Lush and Hara. It was a type of Lush and Hara. Dibas Ra was a bad speech. Now where did the Meraglam? Not where did they learn their Lush and Hara, but there's a source even before the Meraglam spoke Lush and Hara. Parsha right before. End of Parsha Baloscha. What happens right at the end? Miriam. Miriam and Aaron. They speak not such nice words, Lashon Hara, about Moshe, their brother. And we know Miriam gets Tsaras. And the whole camp, all of Claudius, awaits for her for seven days as an honor to her. But it was embarrassing. She did speak Lashon Hara. Public embarrassment. And Chazal say the next Parsha is Parsha Shalach. Right after she speaks Lashon Hara, which is the last words, the last part of Parsha Baloso, the next Parsha, Parsha Shalach, starts with the Meraglam. And Rashi brings down over there, maybe you've seen it, that the Meraglam didn't learn the lesson from Miriam. The Meraglam, who spoke Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael, they should have learned the lesson about Lashon Hara from Miriam. What, do you, what kind of lesson should they learn from Miriam? Miriam spoke Lashon Hara about a human being, Moshe Rabbeinu, that was wrong. How would the Meraglam have thought that they shouldn't speak Lashon Hara about a land? It's like if I say that this table, oh, this table is not so pretty. So Lashon Hara? I'm going to get in trouble for that? Why would the Meraglam, where could the Meraglam have learned such a lesson from Miriam? But we see, we see that the base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Lashon Hara. Started from the Meraglam who spoke Lashon Hara. Started from Miriam who spoke Lashon Hara. So we have to understand, what, what, is, what is Lashon Hara? What is this? So we all probably know that there's Chafetz Chaim, right? the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, and all the Halachas. And everybody gets, has to understand what, when is it Lashon Har, when is it not? There are rules, there's Halachas, it's all, sometimes it's complicated. But sometimes we miss the point. Sometimes we just miss the point. If we would just translate Lashon Har very simply, Lashon Har. How would you translate those two words? Bad speech. Very simple. Can you give me an example of bad speech? Anybody? Making fun. What? Unkind words. Unkind words, making fun, being mean, judging, judging type words, negative words, pessimistic words. Those are all, would those all be under the category of Lush and Hara? 
So maybe not the halachos, the actual halachos and the Sefer Chavetz Chaim about what exactly is Lashon Haro, but sometimes we have to be a little bit bigger than the halacha. Sometimes we have to expand our horizons. Any negative word, any word that can hurt another person is Lashon Haro. Now we're going to go a little bit deeper here. We have to understand where this Lashon Hara is coming from. Right? Speaking negative words, speaking judge, judgment type words. Where is that coming from? So the Baal HaKadosh tells us, listen carefully, that if you have a tzaddik, gomor, a real tzaddik, that he has no ra, he has no bad, ra, inside of him, then he will not see any ra in anybody else. But if you have a person who has some ra within themselves, then when they look at another person, says the Baal Shem Tov, it's like looking in a mirror. And just like if you have some, you know, some food left on your face after lunch, and you look in the mirror, you see the food. Because there's dirt on you. So the mirror is a representation. It mirrors directly reflects what you have. It says the Baal Shem Tevakadosh, he says that if you see schmutz, you see negativity, you see something bad, you see something that you don't like in somebody else, he says you should know. You're looking in a mirror. And you should know that somewhere inside of you, you have that. <clears throat> the Baal Shem Tev says another thing. Another type of mashal, it's a little bit different. Something to think about. You have the sun. Beautiful sunny day. Now imagine the sun is, is up over here by the exit sign. If I'm standing up, what's going to happen right in front of me? What's there going to be? going to be a shadow. Why is there a shadow? What's a shadow? Shadow's black. It's bad. What do you mean? It's a bright sunny day. Why is there a shadow in front of me? Blocking I'm blocking the sun. Says the Baal Shem Tov again. If you see a dark spot, and somebody else, a shadow, you should just know that you're blocking the sunlight on that person's heart. Somehow, I said we're going to go deep here, somehow you may be the cause of that. So a person should know, as they say, maybe you've heard, maybe your parents have told you, when you point a finger at somebody else, what do they say? Three fingers are pointing right back at you. Right? If you're going to speak negatively, you're going to judge other people, you're going to speak unkind words to another person, even thinking it, worse is to speak it, you should know that there's three fingers back at you. Maybe, maybe, there's something inside of you that's wrong. And to say it succinctly, you see what is inside of you. You see what is inside of you? Why did the Miraglim speak badly about Eretz Yisrael? Why? So first, before we get there, good. First, they thought they were telling a true report. We're scared. What's going to be? But the Mepharshim tell us different reasons. We don't know exactly why. How could we possibly know? But the Mepharshim tell us different reasons. And one of them being... 
they themselves were scared. They themselves didn't have the proper emuna and bitachon in a Kaddish Baruch There was a bad within them, so they spoke badly about a land. They didn't know that those words were coming from a blemish within them. Or, some of Farsham tell us, that once we go into Eretz Yisrael, these were the leaders, these Maraglim, they were the leaders of Kal Yisrael. When we would go into Eretz Yisrael, they were told or they knew that they would lose their leadership. They would lose that position that they had, that honor, that respect. And they didn't want to lose that. They'd rather stay in the Midbar. And therefore, that blemish within them came out in a way of Lashon Hara about a land. See, Lashon Hara is not about a human being. It's not about speaking true words or untrue words about this person according to Halachas of Lashon Hara. It's about speaking negatively and it's coming from a place within. So whether you're speaking about a human being or you're speaking about a land badly, that means there's something inside of you. If you're going to complain about a land, but that means you're a complaining type person. Right? Why are you complaining? What's bothering you? What don't you have? What did you expect? So the Miraglam should have learned from Miriam. That Lashon Hara is not just about, again, a person. It's about speaking negatively and being a negative person. Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be negative people. He wants us to be happy, positive people. Miriam herself, why did she speak Lashon Hara about Moshe Rabbeinu? Now she spoke Lashon Hara, she was Moshe Rabbeinu, because of his high level of nevuah, he separated from his wife. He had to be ready at all times to answer to Hashem's wants, whatever Kaddish wanted to have, speak to him, to have a nevuah. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to be ready. He couldn't, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't be living with anybody else. And the Pasuk says, Miriam says, but, but I'm also a Navi. I'm also a Navi. I don't have to leave my family. And Miriam, we know, her prophecy even was the one that gave birth to Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe's parents, Amram and Yucheved, and split up because Power was throwing the babies into the Nile. Amram says, I don't want that to happen. Miriam says, what are you doing? You're, you're doing worse than Power wanted to do because you're also destroying the girls. And you, don't, and you know you have the Savior. You have the Moshia. You have a Moshe. He's going to come out of you. You can't do that. So Amram got back together with Yucheved and they had Moshe Rabbeinu. So Miriam's Nevuah was on a very high level. I'll just tell you one more thing that's scary, but I'm not going to go into it now. Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nachman Abreslav says, that Moshe Rabbeinu's entire life was dependent on his older sister, Miriam. Last year in a, in a music chabura, I spoke about that, how that, they were dependent. And once Miriam passed on, Moshe Rabbeinu's life was over. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't live without her. <clears throat> So Miriam, the Maraglim, they were all speaking unkindly. They were speaking not nice. They were judging. But it came from a blemish that's within them. Why do we do that? Why, why do these thoughts come to our head? Why do we allow these words to come out of our mouth? We wouldn't want anybody to do it to us. Where does it come from? 
Which this is where we're going to think from there. trying to understand why why we would speak badly what is what's inside of us that's the problem where are our chesernos coming from that then it 
comes out and manifests itself in words and thoughts that are not nice, that are negative, that break people apart. <clears throat> so there's a very, very deep sugya, and we can only touch upon it now. But it's something called insecurities. Insecurities. Low self-confidence. It's coming from a very deep place of, of lacking. A person feels they're lacking, they're embarrassed by certain things. And this itself comes from a lack of love, from a lack of ahava. A person doesn't love himself. There are certain parts that everybody has that they don't love. That becomes a chisar and that becomes a blemish, that becomes something that's a hole, not holy, but a hole, H-O-L-E. And that becomes a spot that they don't like about themselves. It becomes something called an insecurity. Then it turns into low self-confidence. That becomes a, a bad spot within them. They don't even know. And when a person speaks out against somebody else, thinks not nice about somebody else, it's coming from that place. Not every time, but a lot of times it's coming from that place. That lack of loving the self. That's really what it is. If a person would love themselves and be confident, they wouldn't have to speak about anybody else. They wouldn't think negatively about anybody else. I'm good. You should be good. We should all be good. Biyachar. Together. There's two types. There's two types of love. The Mishnah Perkevas tells us there's two types. There's an Ahavasha Tuluyabadavar and an Ahavasha Enatuluyabadavar. There's a love that's dependent on something, and then there's a love that's not dependent on anything. So, what's a love? That's what we're talking about ourselves. Loving ourselves that's dependent on something. So, it's dependent on. Whether a person thinks that they are good looking, if a person thinks they have a good personality, if they have money, if they have clothing, if they're smart, the world, the world lives on conditions. Everything that the world talks about, the world is living on conditions. That we're going to like you if you're pretty, we like you if you have money, we like you if you're smart. If you have something, on condition you have this thing, then we'll like you, then we'll love you. But if you don't have the stuff that we value, then, then, then you're nothing. This is what the world tells us. This is what we think. This is what we think about ourselves. This is what we think about ourselves first and foremost. If we don't have that stuff that everybody else in the world values, if we don't have it, then I'm a loser. Then there's a big pagam, there's a big blemish, there's a chisaron in me, there's an insecurity inside of me. And then I can't love myself because that, they don't love me, because I don't have that thing. A love that's not dependent on anything is because I'm alive. I'm a Jew. Hashem loves me. Give me he gives me breath every single second. I take a breath. It's because of Kaddish Baruch who gives me that neshama. When you take a breath, it's a neshima. Coming from the neshama. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives me life. It's not dependent on anything. If I'm alive, then I'm loved. My parents, teachers, everybody has those who love them. And your best friends love you because, just because you're you. Not because of personality, not because of the skirt you're wearing. Just because you're you. Those are the true friends. It's a love is not dependent on anything. And if it's not dependent on anything, it can never break. How could you break something that's not dependent on anything? If it depended on the skirt you wear, and then you're not wearing that skirt anymore, you lost style, you're not cool anymore. And if the love of a friend was dependent on that, so fine. If you're not cool, so then they don't love you. But when you have a love, a true love, that's not dependent on anything, it's called unconditional love. That's what what it's called. There's no conditions. No strings attached. So that's the strongest type of love. That's called Ahava Mehaneshama. Isn't that what he's saying in the song? Ahava Mehaneshama. You listen to the song again. That's the deepest. There's no reason for it. It's unconditional. And if a person can love themselves that way, first and foremost, a person has to love themselves unconditionally because you're alive. Each one of us has so many things that we're good at, but don't even go to that place because that becomes conditional. We have to try to go, we have to try to ascend higher. Just I love myself because I'm me. I don't want to give what about me because then we're getting in the conditions and then you start getting to negative. But that's not good about me. And this, I'm just me. And there's nobody else like me in the entire world. And there never will be. And that's awesome. That's awesome. If you really think about that, that there's no one ever else in this world can be like you, was never like you, will be never like you. You're unique. That's pretty cool if you think about it. If you don't get caught up in what everybody else in the world values, value yourself. Sometimes we need a little bit of outside love, it's true. And you should give it to each other. If a person loves themselves unconditionally and they fill up, there's no more insecurities, there's no more chesronos, there's no more low self-confidence, I'm confident. I love myself because I'm me. Then you can love every other person then you won't speak negatively about anybody else. Because when you fill yourself up, you have no holes in yourself, you won't find holes in anybody else. On the contrary, you'll be mechazek to them, you'll strengthen them. You want to give them a big hug. Because they're, they're, they're them, you're you, and this is great. This is ahava. This is true ahava. Love that's unconditional. No reasons. No strings attached. Because you're you. The base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Lashon Hara, because of Sinashrina. Because we had blemishes within ourselves. And then we found the blemishes in other people. And the Tati in the Himal Kaddish Baruch says, if, if the children are going to fight, then I don't want to be here. Because if you can't have Chaverim, Ches, Bez, Resh, a Chaver, then I'm going to make a Churban. Ches, Resh, Bez. Just switch around the letters. It's your choice. Either be Chaverim, or there's going to be a churban. It's in your hands.
So what's Tubav? Let's go back to the Gemara. Now it might make more, a little more sense. What's, on, what's happening in Tubav? It's such a happy day. It's so close to the destruction of the base of Megdash. How could it be happy? How can this be a rebuilding of the base of Megdash? Because all the girls came out wearing all white. Nobody's wearing a different color. We're all the same. I don't care what style you have. It doesn't matter. It's unconditional. They're dancing in a circle. They borrowed clothing. It wasn't even theirs. Because the externalities, the chitzonias, didn't matter. When you get in that world of the externalities, chitzonias, then it becomes conditional. Then there's fights, then there's judgments, then there's levels, then there's cliques. But when you drop all that, everybody's wearing the same thing and it's not even yours and it's white. It's just Ahava She'ena Tuli And when girls can get around and dance in a circle like that, such a pure love, that's the Binyan Beis Amigdash. That's the happiest day of the year. Kodesh Baruch Hu's dancing. The Malachim are dancing. And everybody comes back because that's, that's, that's Chaveirim. That's Sheves Achim Gam Yacha. That's what he says in the song also. That brings the Geula, Ahava Shatavia Geula, into the song. I'm sorry, we don't have the words. It's the whole song he's singing. It's Ahava Mehanashama. <clears throat> when two people love each other unconditionally, two friends, so you have Ahava from one to the other, you have Ahava back, right? Ahava both ways. So Ahava is Gematria 13. 2 times 13 is 26. 26 is Yudke Vavke. When two people truly love each other, then a Kaddish Baruch says, I'm there. A Kaddish Baruch is where two people love each other unconditionally. That's the base of Mikdash. That's Kedushin. Ahava Mehanasham. So we come to camp, we come to a Machana, Machana Sternberg. And Machana is the same letters as Nechama. Nechama. That's what we're doing right now. This is the time of, right? We just had Shabbos Nachamu. I'm sure it was rocking. Shabbos Nachamu, it's a comfort. It's a Nechama. What's the Nechama? When girls come together and they love each other and they speak nicely to each other and they don't judge each other. In, in camp, in Machana, that's where people could be free. That's where the Nechama is. That's where Ahava, Ahava, Yudkei Vavke, Kodesh Baruch Is that not Mashiach? Is that not the Geula? The Geula Shlema. This is where it all starts from. Ahava man, Hashama. Together we should be, we should be Zoha. To look inside of ourselves. I know this might not be the group, but we have to connect and reflect to ourselves. Connect to ourselves. Reflect upon ourselves. Find that love, that self-love that's unconditional. Build it up. And then we can spread it to other people. And when that happens, everybody's dancing. It was a pleasure to speak to you all here today. We're going to listen to the song again. I know it's a little bit of a fast song. Usually again, in, in the, in the, when I do the Chabur, it's usually a little bit slower. It's a little bit meditative. But something about it. let Close your eyes and listen to the words. Let it sink in. And afterwards, if you want, you can write a tefillah. A tefillah to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Maybe to help love yourself. Ask him to help you love other people. Whatever you want. You don't have to write anything at all. Thank you for... Um...
Jadi karena 